Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Cheaper Than Therapy, a podcast that journeys into conversations with the intention of demystifying, destigmatizing, and desensitizing what really gets talked about behind the closed doors of the therapy room. I'm Vanessa Bennett. And I'm Danae Selkin. And we're seekers, soul sisters, and holders of sacred space. So join us as we dive into the ways that therapy can be connecting not only to yourself, but also to those around you. everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. So we have a return client, Jim. And Jim reached out, as we ask everybody to do, uh, to let us know, you know, what's happening, kind of what's, what's new in his life based on, you know, the conversations that we had before. Yeah. You know, what's funny? Jim was one of our most popular coaching sessions last mm-hmm time last season, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, so many people really related to where Jim was at the time. He was, you know, fairly freshly single um, after being married for a long time back in the world of dating, but like navigating, I'm really loving my single life. And how do I determine like how much of that to give up? And how much of that do I sort of um, invest in another person when I'm like being single, right? That was it Um, on the dating scene. Mm-hmm. Waited a while, divorced. So I was having issues with the person I was seeing because she was putting some boundaries around me. Mm-hmm. Like she she was a lot further along than I was. Mm-hmm. So if you want me to continue. Yeah, where are we at? Please. So that went away, to put it nicely, that went away. You know, I'm not giving up myself for someone else. Mm. So I went out on another date and it was nice, but there wasn't any spark or anything there. And so I came home, I was frustrated. Mm. And then I did a no-no and re 
reached out to the ex-wife. Mm. Levy said I did a no-no. I, know. <laughs> I mm. reached out. I was frustrated. I contemplated it for a long time. Mm. About two hours after the date, I walked around, contemplated, should I, shouldn't I? And I did. So we reconnected in November before Thanksgiving. Mm. And then, you know, she, she had gone to therapy, which I'd been going all along in our marriage. And I wanted her to go. She, she's cut down on her alcohol consumption, you know, as sessions that we all had, you know, she's on the path to improvement and better and like, okay, well, you're working on resolving the issues that we had. And um, so the patterns re reemerged and then I'm back to square one by myself. Mm. <laughs> Holidays didn't work out very well. My daughter who's older lives in another state came to visit but she's not real happy that I communicated with my ex-wife. And so I didn't communicate to the ex-wife enough, according to her, because my daughter was in town and, you know, patterns of not being good enough, um, calling me under the influence, which I said, we're no longer going to have conversations while you're in, under the influence because things don't get remembered and things get elevated and, I tried to set that boundary and uh, that hadn't worked out. So here I am, mm. like I told you, some twists and turns, kind of frustrating with the dating, like I'll, I'll meet them and like, I don't have the energy to want to pursue further. I mean, it's really got to be something outstanding, but that's kind of where I got in trouble before. Cause it was, I thought outstanding and I jumped in head first and, didn't work out. So, you know, where, where do I want to expend my energy, I guess, is what I'm mm. contemplating now. Mm. Mm. So many things I want to ask. <laughs> Please. Well, um, when I reached out, I told you. <laughs> turns. So how do you feel on the other side of this? So you, because when you recount it, you, you give it to us a little bit like matter of fact. Mm. Um, and I'm wondering, if we can tap into more of the emotion of the experience of reconnecting, um, the hope it sounds like you allowed yourself to have um, around things will be different, she's different, things are changing. And then the, I'm assuming, um, letdown that maybe they weren't as different as you wanted them to be. You know, where are you on the other side of this experience emotionally? Well, it's been three weeks and no contact. Um was kind of the last straw she tested positive for COVID mm. and I did not. And I left. I'm like, I'm not going to stick around because I don't have it. And she got mad at me for that. So I don't know if that's relevant, but um, you know, it, it's kind of a, a dull hum in the back of my mind. It, mm. It's there. It's not on the forefront. It does come up to the forefront of the brain. You know, you can tell I've been, in sessions with you guys and, and see. So I'm, I'm, it, it's kind of a dull hum and it comes in waves, mm -hmm. I guess. It's like, I miss her, I miss the relationship, the good times, but mm -hmm. having done all this research, you gotta think of 
contemplate the bad times as well. Mm-hmm. So I keep doing that to, to prevent myself from getting involved in the compulsion mm-hmm. in my research and study. You know, it's like a drug and mm-hmm. I really don't have an addictive personality. Fortunately, I'm, I'm not addicted to drugs or alcohol, but you know, when I reached out her, to her, the text was, you are my addiction mm-hmm. in all caps. And, and that seems so relevant now mm-hmm. that I'm at this place in my life now, like she is, she mm-hmm. was, I'm, and, and I'm working on the compulsion part, trying to stay busy, but you know, that's difficult with COVID. And um, so, yeah, it, it, it's a dull hum in the back of my mind to answer that question. Yeah. You know, Jim, I'm really, I love what you just said so much. And I'm really, really glad that you spoke to the cycle of addiction, because for me, that is sort of the fundamentals of what we're talking about. Um, what, what's going on and like the difficulty of breaking out of these cycles. Right. Um, I do believe that our codependent tendencies are an addictive pattern. They 100% are. Yeah. So I love that you sort of spoke to that fact of like, you are my addiction. Mm -hmm. Cause I feel like that's what it, it feels like a lot of times when we're sort of what, you know, V would say the coda in this dynamic between, um, two people and, you know, a lot of times you'll hear people talk about, you know, that it's not true that you need to learn to love yourself before you can be in a relationship with someone else and that like, you know, we learn to love ourselves in relationship with someone else. And I agree, except when there's addiction, Mm. alcohol or drug addiction. That is when I sort of have a firm um, feeling within me, is my opinion, that I need you to have some distance from that addictive pattern. Um, I need you to have some like time to integrate. So if alcohol is my drug of choice, um, you know, in the 12 step medical model, they would say like, you need a solid year of sobriety to really sort of get to know yourself before you're ready to be in relationship with someone else. That is one of the places I kind of tend to agree because I think that it is just so much learning to be in my skin again, when I have had an addiction to alcohol or drugs that I got to give myself time to know how to be myself in relationship with someone else. And to not have an escape hatch. Oh my God. It's like learning to like, to walk again. It's like learning to like be a human again. And that is really, really difficult to navigate while I'm in the, um, the realm of all that comes up in our relationship dynamics. It's too much. That person will get flooded and it almost becomes like sabotage. Like it's almost like an inevitable thing that we're, um, we're creating, a reality where there's just not going to be a lot of success there. Right. So, oh, it's, um, it's so hard. And I think, you know, you're talking about like the holidays and I think that is when this stuff comes to the surface, you know, if I have known my relationship and our dynamics, even the things that were hard, this is what I know. This is what's been familiar and comforting. And I think especially at the holidays, it's so painful to be without that person. And now that, um, you have like had that, that moment of like coming back to each other and sort of like affirming, this is why we had to part ways a little bit. You forgive yourself, you know, you say, yeah, of course, that was, that was a really hard time to do this thing of being single. Yeah. You know, I I was thinking of all the good times and how, I mean, obviously we had a connection. We, we got married, but 
the um, you know she has a birthday coming up Sunday, which no contact. Mm -hmm. Then we have Valentine's Day. I mean, all these stressors yeah. or contemplative societal dates <laughs> that you know I, I've just got to stay away. Mm. You know, got to go cold turkey. Mm. What do you feel like you're doing for yourself? Or I guess this is kind of a two-parter question because there was a significant amount of distance that you had prior to reaching out and reconnecting. And now you're on the other side of, okay, now we're back to distance again. We're back to being alone again. What do you feel like you did then? And what do you feel like you're doing now when your addictive impulses come up and the desire to reach out, the desire to kind of numb and soothe your anxiety and your overwhelming feelings with the person, with the relationship. What do you feel like then and now, like what are your, um, I guess, self-soothing techniques? Like, what do you feel like you're doing to help yourself get through those moments? I do, Tat Lab keeps me grounded. And then our yoga, my yoga studio has opened up with mask on the whole time. So I go there, I do yoga like three days a week. I meditate. I try to do a little journaling, reading, but I got to get off of this whole, you know, personality disorders and toxic relationships. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm a great studier of things once I step my mind to it. And mm. I, I feel I've got to get off of that because, you know, once you figure out what's toxic, what's not, social hasn't helped me. I just sit and scroll, you know, yeah. when the relationship acts, you know, when they act this way, yeah. you need to run, blah, blah. You know, I got all that. <laughs> now I'm ready to turn the corner into, like you said, Danae, like healing and turning the corner. I mean, I know the wound and, and what the wound is and how it feels. And now I'm ready to turn the corner on it. You sound almost at this point, there's like an exasperation in your voice around the picking of the scab. Like I'm done picking the scab. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking to better myself and, and like I said, turn the corner on that. So I, I feel I'm in a pretty good place in regards to that. You know, I mean, I'll be honest, Jim, what, what it sounds like to me is that point of surrender, mm -hmm. you know, like I've, I've sort of given everything that I have to give to this, this fight and I'm done and I'm ready to choose me like wholeheartedly, uh, choose myself. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it does, it gets lonely at times and I guess I got to get out there. I'm on dating apps and I, you know, I get likes and I, what I'm worried about is not having the energy and enthusiasm to be able to move forward with someone, you know, they'll, they'll hit me a message and I'm like, I, I, I just don't, I don't know if I'm being too safe or guarded or I'm, I'm worried about my, like I said, my energy level and enthusiasm to move forward in meeting other possible partners, you know? Can I ask a question about that? Cause this is, you've brought this up a couple of times. It, it, why do you feel, or like, what's the, I guess, um, the drive behind getting out there? Cause it you know, feels like that, you're really trying to do it. And then there's a lot of resistance. And so I'm wondering why the kind of like, I'm going to do this no matter how much I'm resisting it. It's like an ambivalence. Yeah. Yeah. 
Ambivalence. Um, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm out there, what's out there, you know, it, it's going to require effort on their part. You know, like I said, I, I'll trade messages and like, I just don't. So I guess I'm not to a degree. I'm just, you know, I'm, I guess I'm on autopilot or the observer mm-hmm. and not really diving in. And I'm just worried that I may not want to. And mm-hmm. so that's the dichotomy, right? That singlehood is good as we've talked about. I'm feeling good about that. At the same time, it would be nice to have a partner as well. So yeah, like I said, that's the confluence of emotion. Jim, I'm going to repeat to you something Vanessa said to me last weekend, which is a little bit, your person may not come in the package of these, you know, like dating apps. And it may be a little bit more around like the surrender into building community and like really um, immersing yourself in this love of self, right? Surrender means like, I surrender all, I let go completely. I don't sort of hold on to any aspect of what doesn't feel like it's in alignment for me. And what I hear in your voice, and I'm right there with you, I understand like these dating apps right now are not feeling in alignment with where I am right now. Now that may not be the case forever, but similar to like what we're saying about the cycle of addiction with the the addict in terms of like using the substance, I almost think your internal wisdom is saying, you know what, I got to back off the like hunt a little bit for a while because it's just not feeling like my truth. It's just not feeling like it's honoring my journey and all of what this has been. And that becomes where we have to drop into faith a little bit. I have faith that if I stay with myself, continue to do the work on myself, I'm like getting emotional. Um, the universe will bring me what I'm supposed to have, right? In terms of connection and partnership. I just have to have faith in that because doing this like digging thing where there's nothing like I'm like digging for a bone and there's like no bones there. It just like, it doesn't feel true. And I think that like, that's your wisdom, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that's the contemplation of, Am I going to get there at some point? Faith. And I guess so is that I have the fear? To... Is the fear that you're not going to get there the reason that you're doing something that you so obviously don't want to do? <laughs> because it's obvious, Jim. That was good, V. <laughs> good question. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, like what's the drive? I mean, I, I, I like this to a degree, yeah. but then I don't. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be nice to have a partner to, to grow and, and, you know, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. So, you know, that's the dichotomy. I mean, that's what the, do you like? So you said, I like this to a degree. What part of it do you like? I can do whatever I want. I, you know. So when you say this, you mean singlehood? Yes. Okay. I, like I thought you were talking degree. about the apps. Okay. So no, I like, no, being alone. I, I, I'm not liking that. Like the naysay that yep. it, it doesn't feel like my truth and, mm-hmm you know, that's, but what we need to figure out is, is, I guess, faith, like Danae said, and then, you know, the energy to move forward, but I guess the universe will provide that opportunity, but the other side is like, I don't want to be single forever. Right. Mm, Right. You know, I like to use this image of a window a lot because 
as somebody who's like myself personally, very kind of like left brain driven, got to get shit done, got to make it happen, control, you know, um, the idea of surrender, especially around dating can actually be a little scary. And the idea of faith can mm. be a little scary. And I know a lot of people out there that are, you know, not just me that are like, so what does that mean? I just don't do anything. And I just expect like God or the universe is going to hand deliver someone to my doorstep. No, that's not what it means. Right. Um, even in surrender, there is action. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like to use this image of a, of a window because, you know, I say you're not like slamming the window shut and you're not whipping it open totally wide. It's like, you've cracked the window and you're essentially saying like, okay, the window's open. I'm not like hungrily seeking and putting all this energy into it. That is exhausting. Even when you talk about it, I can feel your exhaustion in it. You know, (laughs) I'm not exhausting myself by depleting all this energy. And I'm also not totally shutting it out entirely. It's like, what is that middle ground? How can I crack the window, be open to the possibility, but not be like hungry. It's just like the word that keeps coming up, right? Like not hungrily kind of seeking it out. You know, I'm always curious what that kind of, how can we fall into like gracefully that middle place? That that's right. You know, where, where's their middle ground and, and where is there enough energy to not be so hung on to it, but at the same time, allow mm-hmm. and be open and available to what happens. And, and that's my. Right. That's what you're trying to find, basically. Yeah, that's why we're here with you. <laughs> but, you know, Jim, I think so much of it is about trusting the process, right? Mm-hmm. And that like, you know, you probably feel different in your singlehood journey than you did six months ago, right? Like you feel different than you certainly did a year ago. And it's a little bit trusting, like I'm going to feel different six months from now and a year from now. And, you know, I'll be honest, you don't sound super hungry to me in terms of like this moment, having someone here. Like, I feel like there is a little bit of an exhale in my solitude and enjoying the experience of myself. And at the same time, I'm afraid because I don't necessarily want that to be the case forever. And I certainly agree with that, you know, and understand that agree. Wasn't the word I understand that. Um, and I think that that is like, how can I trust that if this is how it feels right now and there's not like a deep hunger to Vanessa's point, like, can I allow faith to be that little crack in the window that, you know, I am open to whatever experiences the universe brings me? Because I think when it's like in the form of a person that is a little bit still like holding on to control in Mm -hmm. the form of what it's going to look like, like, I don't, you don't know, like, you don't know what your life could look like. You don't know what like types of things you could get involved in that are so enriching and fulfilling that you're not, you're like, not really even that concerned with partnership. You may be, but you might be so busy and like loving your community of people that it just doesn't feel that way for you anymore. I don't know. Like, we don't know, but can I just be open in terms of cracking the window to whatever the universe wants to bring me in terms of experiences in my life at this point, I'm open to that. How does that feel? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's good. And, and the thing is, I really don't, you know, with COVID, I do some meetups um, and, and that's okay. But, you know, it, it's a dull hum in the, in the background of loneliness. Mm-hmm. 
I want to also put words a little bit to the codependent healing journey too, right? Because so much of codependency is really hinged on um, a not knowing and a not trusting mm. of ourself, right? And a lot of what I'm hearing you speak to is your knowing coming up, but you're trying to either override it or not listen to it, or maybe society says something different. So society is probably right and my inner knowing is wrong. Um, and I think that there is a lot of, um, I, I, under, I agree with what you're saying about, I need to put the books down around the toxicity and the personality disorders. My suggestion is the books that you need to start picking up are gonna be ones around intuition, mm. increasing a sense of self, mm. the inner knowing, what is that voice saying? right? Um, you have a yoga practice, which is amazing. I mean, I know for me on my codependent healing journey, yoga was like the catalyst for me, right? And it really was going into more of the spiritual journey um, because that voice is there and it's trying really hard to be clear, but you're like logically putting like, but this is what's supposed to happen. This is what I'm supposed to do, right? And it's very clear, like as an outsider, I'm, I'm, it's like, I'm watching two different voices mm. right? or listening yeah, to two different voices. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think the work for you right now is actually to go to Danae's point, like, like my gut is telling me this, I need to listen and stop trying to talk myself out of it. So if my gut is saying like, I don't really know that I have the energy to spend on this, then that's your truth. And you don't have to justify it and you don't have to excuse it and you don't have to make it make sense logically. It just is your truth. You know, I think we get to a point where we understand surrender is a little bit different than even the context in which we're talking about it. Surrender mm -hmm. doesn't mean like I'll surrender for a little bit until I get tired of this and then I'll get back in the realm of attempting to control. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> surrender means like I am out of this universe. I hand this to you fully. It, it is yours to take. I'm not in it. You know, I am in the space of me and doing me and what Vanessa's talking about, like all of this enrichment of self. And then you decide, like, I don't get to decide anymore. I'm out of the decision-making about when and how, and you know, what it's going to look like when I find my person, that's your work. Now I give that to you. So it's, it's out of your hands, Jim. You don't, you don't have to do anything else there except hand it over which, I know. By the way, I see so both anxious. of you. I'm I see both like, of you. I'm twitching <laughs> thinking about that, right? Like the controlling kind of coda in me is like. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah. I see y'all. My, hand, my hands are sweating. I, I see like y'all. Yeah. And here's what I want to say. Work, the universe yeah. is not interested in your manipulation. Mm. It's just not. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So you can keep attempting to control, but like when you control the universe, like exits the room, it's like, Oh, you got this. Okay. I'll, I'll let you keep working thing. that out. Keep you know, like keep doing what you've been doing, see how that works for you. Or you can say, you know what? I've done it my way for quite a while now. So universe, here you go. And it's an option. It's a choice. And it's a terrifying, like, please don't, we talk about this all the time. Surrender is not passive. Surrender is not easy. It is the scariest, hardest work possible. And that to me is, is where we come to indication. life. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the thing that you're talking about with the yeah. spiritual work, right? Yeah. Our spiritual work begins when we surrender fully over and over and over and over and over again, right? 
every day we have to give it up. Like I give something to God every day of my life. Here you are, God, take this now. <laughs> like I'm done with this. This is your work. Um, and it doesn't end, but it's like, I really give this to you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. Hmm. And, and, you know, I have conversations with my therapist in regards to the control part. So you're right on cue, so to speak. <laughs> so as we kind of wrap up, I, I, I almost want to give you a little bit of a takeaway, like a tangible takeaway, right? Mm-hmm. I want you to turn the awareness dial up on that feeling that you're getting in your gut, in your chest, wherever it's coming up. It's like, ugh, I don't want to do this. Ugh, this feels like work. Ugh, it's that noise. It's that, ugh, God, right? The eye rolling in the back of the head. I want you to pay attention to that feeling. Your gut is telling you it's not what we want to do right now. This is just Mm. not it. It doesn't feel aligned, right? On the flip side of that, anytime you get a little bit of a flicker of like, ooh, that's interesting. Ooh, that's something that makes me curious. Mm. I want you to start turning towards that feeling and not trying to force the other feeling. Does that make sense? So just getting really in touch with internally what that feeling of ugh is, pausing when you get that feeling and then questioning it. Okay, stop. I'm getting this feeling. What's coming up? Why do I feel like I need to do it anyway? Right? What's the push? Just being curious, being an anthropologist, asking the questions, making the connections, seeing the patterns. You don't have to have an answer. You're just questioning. Okay. That's, that's really what I want you to focus on. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And I would like to add a little something to offer as well, which is, you know, I really am such a firm believer in the power of the I am statements. Mm -hmm. And so I like to have a mantra. I like to have something that I can remind myself of in moments when I'm feeling challenged, like Vanessa's speaking Mm -hmm. to. And I love the I am statement of enough. So I would love for you to make that a mantra that you continuously bring yourself back to just that awareness, you know, exactly as I am, exactly where I am, fully whole, fully solid. I am enough, period. Yeah, that's very good because being in a relationship where you, for the most part, are not enough, yes. you, you got to bring it back. You got to bring yourself back. So that's a very good point. I will add that. Some of that kind of like hungry digging that we've been referencing is actually our attempt to fill that void of I am not enough. Yes. Right. Versus actually sitting in the, there's that discomfort. Here's what I want to do, but instead I'm going to feel that feeling. I'm going to do the kind of questioning and I'm going to repeat to myself, no, I actually am enough. Yes. Very good. Really appreciate you doing this, coming back, giving people the insight, because this is huge. Like, this is it. This is life. This is like the, here was the thing I was dealing with. Okay, now here's the thing I'm dealing with, right? And it it evolves and it morphs and it, and it's going to morph in another couple months, you know? And I really appreciate you bringing this to people. Well, thanks for your insights and appreciate the opportunity. This wasn't easy. I'm usually in my comfort zone. So being able to talk about this has Mm. been an excellent opportunity and I appreciate it. Well, we appreciate, appreciate you. you. <laughs>
Well, keep okay. us posted as the twists and turns continue to evolve. <laughs> okay, we will. All right, All right. take well. care. Thank you. Aww, I just really love him so much. Um, I really am grateful that we did this follow-up mm-hmm. because I think there's there's power in bearing witness to the process, the ebbs and flows of our growth, that none of this is linear, that, you know, we're going to have moments even when, you know, and we talked to Jim about like how much work he's doing, um, in his singlehood journey. And that we're going to have moments where it feels like, Oh, I fell back into a pattern. You know, I abandoned myself again. And, that it's, it's really important to just make note that that does not mean that you are not growing, that you are not still like evolving. Um, and I, the, I always say like the quicker we can find self-compassion and forgive ourselves when we have like the ebbs, um, the quicker we get back into those flow states, you know? Yeah. It's like really important that we realize that the, what we think is a fallback or a step back, right? Two steps forward, one step back is actually still part of the forward momentum. It's like, because we think in such linear terms, like just as humans, as beings, we just do it, right? Mm. We think that everything always has to be forward moving, otherwise it's failure. Mm. And that's not the case. The stepping back, the falling back is actually part of the path forward, the the trajectory, if you will. Um, Because so many times, you know, and not to like use a cheesy term of like, it's in the struggle where the growth is, but like, if you take two steps forward, one step back, right? that one step back, you're going to get the experience and the learning to then take the two or three steps forward again. Mm. It's in that fallback that you get the momentum for the next kind of leap. You don't just keep going two steps forward, two steps forward, two steps forward. That's just not how it works, right? No, absolutely. And I think we sort of, to your point, start to integrate an understanding of the things that we're not addressing, right? Mm-hmm. Like the parts where it's like, oh, I, I've got that. I like, I've conquered that part. And it's like, mm-hmm. have you? <laughs> there may still be some shadow elements that, that need to be dug up and brought to the surface a little bit. And that is what's beautiful about when we have these ebbs, it's like, oh, and here I am back in those like dark corners that I haven't really looked into and shined the light on, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I also feel like for people who are listening, who maybe themselves haven't gone to therapy or done any kind of coaching work or anything like this, what's coming up for me around this experience of him coming back and saying, here's the step back that I feel like I took is the reality that this is what it looks like. And this is what therapy looks like. This is what coaching looks like. Like it Mm -hmm. isn't linear. Right. And, and, you know, we always tell our clients, like it gets harder before it gets easier. So like when you start doing this work, right. And Jim is on this path of self-discovery and he's hungry and he's reading and he's doing, you know, lab classes with us and all these things. um, It does get harder first. And it's important to normalize that and remember that. And that doesn't make us flawed. It makes us as human. That's just what the journey is. Yeah. It's interesting how much we were talking about surrender. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times, like I think of the point of like, like deep surrender, like there's no more fight in me. It's like, I'm almost like a toddler that's been kicking and screaming. And then I like tire myself out (laughs) and I'm like, okay, whatever universe, like I surrender, you take the reins. And I think that's, that's actually like a beautiful place to be, you know, it's like moving out of our logical space into like, now I drop down into the body and into the space of trust and allowing, you know, 
And oh man, like I still have a lot of work to do, right? As I always will until the day I die. I mean, shit. All I, of was us. Even, I was even activated, you know, we were kind of half jokingly talking about him and I letting go of control. Like I still feel that come up in me um, because it's still something I struggle with. And I think to your point, like it's the getting to the place of exhausting myself. It's like you tie yourself up in knots, mm-hmm. you know, the trying to control is really just tying yourself up in knots, which actually when you think about an actual image of somebody being tied up in knots, there's no movement. You can't step forward. You've Mm -hmm. got yourself so tangled that you don't even know which way is up, down or whatever. And so there is something in that exhaustion, especially for people who are, you know, a bit of control freaks (laughs) like me, where that exhaustion is when you just lay down and you say, okay, okay, tell me which way to go. Tell Mm -hmm. me how to unknot myself. You know, I don't know. I don't have all the answers. And, And that's really difficult. It's difficult to think about something outside of yourself. Um, and actually maybe not outside of yourself. It really does come from a deep place. I believe of like psyche and inner knowing. Um, but that something outside of your logical self <laughs> knows the answer better than you do. Yeah. I just had like, I love that image use of the knots. And if you think about like, when you're like, you know, when you get like knots in a necklace and you're like <laughs> so frustrated and you're like, get out, get out, get out. And again, like you're struggling almost like, like you were like kicking and screaming. And then when you finally like calm down and put it down, there's just a different ability to start to untangle things. And I think that's what it's like when we're starting to do this work with our our inner child that is just like fighting against where they've been hurt, where they want to control. So they're not hurt again. And it's like, can I just like soften a little bit, let that child settle so that I can soothe, you know, Mm -hmm. myself so that I can just really hold myself with so much love in where I am in the process right now. Usually I just give the necklace to John and make him do it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, same, but (laughs) I'd probably give it to you. But yes, absolutely. Well, I hope you guys also enjoyed kind of touching back in with him as much as we did. And, and, you know, we'll start doing this more. Like if people are interested and they want to come back and give us an update, I'd love to have people back. So if you're listening um, and also, yeah, I mean, just that it's, if people want to, I think that actually is really powerful. Yeah. We might actually have to follow up with some people. Mm -hmm. Check in. How are you doing? Drag y'all in. I loved that. Yeah. (laughs) All right, guys. Be well. Vanessa and I are so excited to tell you about something we've been working on for a while now. Yeah, we've been, I guess, mulling it over and letting it, I don't know, come to fruition for many years, probably actually since we met. Um, And we're excited to finally be able to bring it to you. We met in grad school doing really deep inner work over long weekends once a month. And I think from the beginning, we've talked about the power in these immersive experiences where we come together in community and bear witness to one another in our stories. And we unpack some of the things that have held us back from living our most authentic life. And I think that's, you know, a lot of what both of us are really passionate about supporting people in doing. Yeah. I mean, everything that we do, I guess, from a therapy perspective, it all seems to ladder up into this, right? It Mm. seems to ladder up into the work of you know, questioning, why are you not living 
your most authentic life? You know, what are some of these kind of bad habits or false beliefs that you have that are keeping you from living your most authentic life, right? Like, do you even know what authenticity looks, sounds, feels like for you, right? Mm. Why, why not? I mean, we could talk about the shadow, right? We could talk about things that maybe we've kept hidden for our whole lives for survival. Um, there's so many ways into it, but yeah, I feel like authenticity is really the ladder um, under which everything we do falls. Yeah, absolutely. And so what Vanessa and I have done is we've put together a three-day immersive retreat experience, and we're going to do this first one virtually. So um, in this- COVID be damned. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I mean, and and that's the thing, you know, we're figuring out a way to connect in community. And I think both of us have been so inspired by the way virtual communities can still feel really, really connecting Mm. and um, like a support supportive space in a way that maybe we hadn't anticipated when all of this began, right? Mm -hmm, Totally. Yeah. So in this retreat, um, we're just going to be bringing together what are, you know, like a little bit of a fusion of both of our specialties, whether that's, you know, digging deep into the codependent tendencies that Vanessa is so amazing at helping us unpack or some of the work that I do around our tendencies to self-abandon. And um, it's also going to have shadow work and the ways that we look at um, our limiting beliefs and our spiritual bypassing and all of the things. There's just going to be so many ways that we bring together the things that we do that hold us back from living our most authentic lives and starting to see how we can break those patterns. Right. And because it wouldn't be Danae and I, if we didn't do this, we're going to make you guys move as well. Right. Because we are (laughs) avid yoginis and we both teach. That's Um, right. And so there will be yoga. There will be somatic movement. There will be breath work. There will be guided meditation, all the things. Um, And also Danae is going to lead us Saturday night into some um, ecstatic dance, ecstatic movement, which she's super in right now. I was like, I love how you make it sound like you're not going to be there dancing with me. I mean, I'll be there, but I'm not going to be leading it. It's all you girl. (laughs) (laughs) You will be dancing. You will see Vanessa dancing. But yeah, there will be just a really deep experience of healing and community and coming together at a time where I think we both feel like we need it the most, right? It will be a three-day retreat. It's going to be March 12th through March 14th, starting in Friday evening, going into Sunday. And um, the name of the retreat is From Self-Abandonment to Inner Belonging, which feels so perfect in terms of the work that we both do together, right? Yeah, and that we're excited to kind of bring out there to you guys and like she said, build community around this stuff, right? So if you go to my website, vanessabennett.com backslash retreats, you'll see it there. It's the first one that pops up. It's gonna be $79 for the full weekend. Like today said, starts Friday evening, goes through Sunday evening, you know, jam-packed, just get a lot of time with us. Don't worry. We'll give you some breaks in between to integrate. Um, but we're really looking forward to it. And we, we hope to see you there. We can't wait to get together with you guys. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to connect with us, you can find us on Instagram at Vanessa S. Bennett. And at Danae Logan Selkin. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.